Last week was Pregnancy Awareness Week. Pregnancy complications are plenty abound. We often don't speak about it. We often don't speak about it as a priority issue for public health conversations, especially pertaining to sexual reproductive health of women altogether. And often we shy away from conversations about infertility because those conversations carry a certain social stigma and a taboo to it that can be ostracizing to a lot of women who are unable to give birth due to fertility issues. And there are a myriad of issues that contribute to this. And this is why I think this conversation with Do uh, Dr. Nolutando Nematswerani is an incredibly important conversation. Dr. Nematswerani uh, is a medical doctor and the head of the Center for Clinical Excellen Excellence at Discovery Health. Dr. Nolu, good morning. Thank you so much for your time. Morning, morning, Oliver, and morning to your listeners. And thank you so much for having me. Really, really do appreciate it. Let's let's start with basic questions about sexual reproductive health. The concept is introduced to us as kids in school when you learn about uh, adolescent girls starting their period. And we now know that to mean that they have the ability to fall pregnant. But then we sort of divest from the conversation thereafter. And women just go on having incredibly uncomfortable painful uh, menstrual experiences uh, and then the response from society is just hey just suck it up you know this is what comes with being a woman but it really shouldn't be that way yeah so I think Oliver it's important to just uh, understand firstly what happens um, to our bodies when we see our menstruation and what is normal and what is not normal I think it's important to understand that I mean around the ages of nine now we see a uh, you know, young girls starting to see their periods. Um, and and the, the reason why we see periods is that an egg is released every month and your body is almost preparing um, for a pregnancy. So yeah. in that process of preparing for a pregnancy, your, your, the, your, the uterine lining, meaning the womb, the lining of the womb, then becomes, um, you know, thicker and then there is blood around there because it is preparing for that pregnancy where the egg is going to meet with a sperm and then it will be fertilized and have to attach on the womb for the baby to grow in the womb. But yeah. because, um, you know, uh, so so it, it's at a certain time. So you're born with eggs, but you don't release them. Um, so what happens is that at that time, your body would have matured to a level where now you know it is ready to 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 to, to fall pregnant yeah. but we know that uh, not every girl is going to fall pregnant at, at the age of 10 uh because usually they are not sexually active at that point so it means every month while you release the egg which is part of what we call ovulation um you know you will then have to shed that lining if there is no pregnancy that has taken place so menstruation is really blood that is shed from the lining of the womb every month because uh, you have not fallen pregnant which is why once you fall pregnant you no longer see your period which is an early sign that you know something may be uh, going wrong for those people who are already seeing their periods when they stop seeing them then it is an indication that you know you need to go and check if you may be pregnant um so usually then for 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 women um we 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 speak about the menstrual cycle which starts on the first day when you see your 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 you know when you shed the the blood and it's important for us to appreciate that the blood is clean there's nothing dirty about menstruation it's just shedding that lining yeah. and also uh, you know the the, the the so it's the endometrial tissue lining uh, and also so the blood uh, that has accumulated there so usually our cycles will range from 21 to 35 days. So counting from the first day of seeing your, your period. 
the number of days that we bleed will differ from uh, girl to girl, lady to lady. Um, for some people, it can be short, one to two days. They are done. For some people, it can even be seven days. Um, and also the, the volumes in terms of how much you're bleeding will also vary from woman to woman. And also how we feel during the, the period will also vary from person to person. Some people really have uneventful um, periods and some people really suffer during yeah. their, their periods. You know, it can be very painful, uh, painful. Some people may not even be able to come to to work or school if they don't get assistance with some pain medication. I think you wanted to ask something, yeah. Oliver. How much pain is normal? <laughs> so I think for me, uh, you should be able to get around doing your normal day-to-day -day work. But if it is debilitating to a level where you are unable to get out of bed, you are really in so much pain that you are not able to function. That's when then we worry that, uh, you know, you do need, uh, you know, to be, you know, to be yeah. on treatment uh, and and to manage that. And I mean, if you visit your doctor, they will uh, assess yeah. the severity of your pain and be able then to 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 assist. I mean, also our pain thresholds vary. There are yes, some people yes. who may tolerate pain better than others. But obviously, if it is so debilitating that you are you become um, you 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 become dysfunctional, then uh, you need to to get assistance there. But I mean, there are medications that can be given to manage um, what we call dysmenorrhea or, or painful menstruation, and your doctor will then um, advise on what you need to mm -hmm. be on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women usually take um, you know anti-inflammatory uh, medications, um, and and they usually are, are you know are able then to tolerate menses. Yeah. Then, then let's talk about what incredibly painful or debilitatingly painful and uh, period pain as well as an irregular menstrual cycle mean for reproductive health. Does it indicate uh, anything worrisome? So, I mean, there are some people who will have uh, dysmenorrhea or painful menstruation even from a young age. But uh, if, for example, you used to have normal periods not much pain and suddenly now it's very painful when you when you have your period you could be having some uh, uterine growths which we call fibroids so they may cause pain right um and also even the 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 the, the volume in terms of the blood that you shared uh if it increases uh, and suddenly you know your cycle is not uh, usual um, it could be that there's something else going on. And I, yeah, I, mean, I actually oh, do want to ask uh, on, on the volume thing. I'm so sorry for interjecting here. I do want to ask on the volume yeah. question, how much uh, is a reasonable amount of bleeding uh, within the peak of your men uh, menstrual cycle? But I, before you answer that, I want us to take a quick break and take the headlines. We continue the conversation on the other side of this. SAFM leading the conversation. Hashtag SAFM talking point. I'm in conversation with Dr. Nolutando Nematswerani, who's a medical doctor and the head of the Center for Clinical Excellence at Discovery Health. And we're talking menstrual health, fertility, and sexual reproductive health for women. Tune in. Give us a call if you want to be a part of this conversation. You have a question uh, for Dr. Nolu. 086 086-000-2032. 086-000-2032. Uh, Dr. Uh how much blood is, in, is, is, is a reasonable amount of blood? And does the volume of blood indicate anything about irregularity? So, so I think for me, when we look at, at the abnormalities that you can get, it can be in the duration and also the flow. So if you think about the flow, I mean, um, women may not be able to measure in a cup because they wear pads. 
but we're saying if you are changing your 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 pad or your tampon you know as frequently your as every cup. hour uh, or your menstrual cup yes uh, as frequently as every hour or you have to double up so you you have to wear your pad and your tampon together and you're still soaking this uh, because you know uh, without having to measure you just have to see how much you have to almost constantly be, been changing that is a sign that you are having um, a heavy period and the worrisome part about this is that you then may have what we refer to as anemia which is you know lo low uh, hemoglobin levels which can actually make you tired and you you can have other complications relating to that um and for other people it can also be longer periods of of of, of bleeding so i said an average person could bleed up to a week. If you continue to bleed um, beyond a week, that could also be problematic. And also some people you find that uh, it may be that it's also the the the, the, the clots that uh, you, 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 you experience during your period. So where you're having these large clots that are coming out, you know, big clots. So you'll have to, 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 to look at them and see the size um, and, and, and then know that there is something abnormal here. So I think it's it's all of that. And, and, and I think there are some women who may not know the difference because since they started menstruating, they've always had heavy periods. So it's important to discuss with your doctor, but looking at some of the guidelines. Uh, and also if you have to wake up at night to go and change frequently, then it's also a problem because usually mm -hmm. people do uh, sleep overnight. Yes, you can have a bit of a, of a you, can, you can mess up yourself at night because of the posture in terms of how you're sleeping, but not necessarily because you have just soaked your pad um within a, a, a few hours uh, once uh, you know you went to mm. bed before i go on to, to 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 the next part i have a question here from from kaz in durban uh she asks yeah. why are periods starting so young these days it's 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 a variety of things it's really i think there are some hormonal aspects our diet uh it's just uh, environmental changes that uh, are contributing to uh, this early start in terms of, 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 of periods. And we also see that kids are maturing much earlier now, uh, you know, even their body shape, uh, because before you can see periods, you start seeing the changes, you start developing boobs, which is all part of the menarche uh, process. Um, and, and I think, you know, it is, it is now about hormonal aspects, which are driven by our environment, our diet, and and all the other things that that could uh, then um, result in 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 hormonal changes at an early age. Give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Let's move on to infertility. Um, very very big issue in South Africa. Like I said, it carries oftentimes a cultural and a social stigma, which which uh, disencourages us from having the conversation around infertility uh, in ways that we perhaps could be helping people uh, by talking about it. What are common causes of infertility? So I think, I think Oliver, it's important because uh, today, I mean, we're focusing on women. It is a couple's issue. Uh, infertility, um, it's not one partner who, who is at fault and there is no one's fault. Um, you know, it is a couple's issue, but it's important firstly to understand how we define infertility. Um, it is really uh, uh, diagnosed when you have been having unprotected sex, regular unprotected sex for longer than a year. So if you've not been consistent, um, then you still need to be consistent first before we can diagnose infertility. There are male factors, 
and there are female factors. And uh, with female factors, it's really um, multifold in that it could be that, you know, because the sperm has to swim into the, the, the uterus and then go into your tubes to meet the egg in your fallopian tubes for fertilization to take place. If at, at any point in that process, um, you know, there the are obstacles <laughs> to, to, towards a, the, the, the sperm getting there, uh, then you, you can experience infertility. Yeah. So we yeah. call, you know, your cervix, uh, there's a, there's mucus there that allows for the sperm to swim in. If that mucus is not, you know, uh, we call it hostile, you know, if it is a hostile environment that does not allow the sperm to swim in, that could cause infertility. If you've got growths in your, in your, in your uterus that prevent, you know, the fertilized um, egg from attaching, which is usually fibroids, it can cause um, infertility. There could be hormonal reasons why other people, and we spoke about menstruation, where people have got irregular menstruation, which contributes. We've got people who have got specific underlying conditions uh, like uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm. We've got people who have got um, other um, issues um, like, um, you know, where, where they have painful menstruation because they've got, a, you know, ectopic or, or like pieces of, of the uterine tissue attached to other parts of their body. And, and they do get, um, you know, uh, some of these symptoms that lead to infertility. So I think it's really about um, getting to a doctor and they need to do the full assessment to understand what could be the problem. Some people might have had um, infections that resulted in the tubes, um, mm. you know, uh, block, keep getting blocked, which is one of the commonest reasons why people get infertility. But on the male side, you may be producing poor quality spam or, um, you know, you may be producing no spam at all. Um, and, and I think people uh, may not appreciate that semen does not equate yes. to spam. You know, they could be just seminal fluid, but you don't have a spam uh, in that seminal fluid. So usually, like I said, it's a couple's issue. Uh, you need to go and, and visit a doctor together with your partner. They need to understand exactly what's going on. They need to assess both parties because usually, like you're saying, there's taboo, there's the social implications here. There's usually a blame game. If there's no baby in the, you know, in the family, it's usually the woman's fault. And women usually take the blame, even though in in most instances it may not be them. And I think with with males, um, it's important to understand also uh, some of the lifestyle issues that may impact the quality of the sperm. Right. How how it flows. You know, people who smoke they may have problems with the quality of their sperm. And when it comes to in uh, uh, pregnancy. So now we've sorted out our infertility issues. We've seen specialists. We've we've done the necessary adjustments, and by by the grace of God and and and, and by you know perseverance, here we are pregnant and we are expecting a baby. Pregnancy comes with complications, oftentimes um, that we don't often discuss. But let's maybe start with common, you know, complications that can be experienced during pregnancy. Okay, um, so Oliver, I think for me. Pregnancy, we need to plan for pregnancy because you can prevent some of the complications by having, uh, you know, which we, it's almost like pre-pregnancy planning where firstly you must be, your, your, your weight must be managed because we know we gain weight uh, during pregnancy. So you need to make sure that your body mass index is at, at, at its optimal before you fall pregnant. You, man, you, you are exercising, you are eating well, because once you get into a pregnancy state, 
um, as you gain weight. Now there are other pregnancy related complications, like you can develop new chronic conditions within pregnancy, like hypertension, uh, you can develop diabetes in pregnancy, and you can, uh, you know, gain excessive weight, which can uh, be problematic even post delivery. And I mean, we know that if pregnancy is not planned, it has also, uh, it, it, it does contribute to mental illnesses as well. So you may experience anxiety and depression because you didn't plan for this child. So I think it's always very important to think about the pre-pregnancy planning uh, process and you discuss with your doctor and, and they advise you in terms of what you need to be doing before you fall pregnant. Make sure that your blood is, is optimal. You've treated any potential uh, infections that you might have so that it doesn't affect your unborn baby in any way. Yeah. How, so, common, how I, common are some of those, those issues like hypertension, for instance, picking up hypertension and other chronic illnesses in the middle of pregnancy? Is it, is it very common? So, I mean, uh, pregnancy-induced uh, hypertension is one of the common complications uh, in pregnancy. Um, and, and you know, you don't have to have had high, high blood pressure before. It is, which is why when we speak about some of these complications, we're saying they are diagnosed for the first time during the pregnancy. So it's not something that was pre-existing. It is because of the fact that you are pregnant, that you are experiencing this. And and the, 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 the important part around this is that um, with these complications, they usually arise within your second trimester. Um, and, and, and if you are not going for your red, regular checks, you may not be aware that you have this. And you may present with complications where you lose your baby or you have your own complications. We, we, we know other patients end up in, in, in ICU because they are having uh, seizures because of, of, of very high blood pressure levels. Um, and, and, you know, you can lose your life as well as part of these complications. So, so high blood pressure, which is something that, you know, you may not feel anything. Um, it may not be painful, but it may have devastating outcomes and, and, and impact on the outcome of the pregnancy and also just thinking about the complications related to the to the mother themselves where you end up dying and you leave your unborn child without a mother because of of pregnancy complications mm-hmm. what sort of devastating or drastic maybe the word is drastic and dramatic changes you can can you a woman expect in a post menstrual life especially when there's an adjustment through perimenopause leading into menopause Oh, this is this is a, 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 an important topic. It talks to 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 most of us because no one prepares us for for this. I'm going to yeah because we only have a minute left. I'm going to have to ask you to be very brief on it. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so I'll try and summarize it. Um, so, firstly, your your period stop. You start uh, experiencing weight gain. You start experiencing you know uh, headaches. You may experience a uh, brittle bones, a uh, osteoporosis. Now you are also at risk of developing uh, heart-related uh, problems and you are at risk for cancer. So you need to be screening for breast cancer, for cervical cancer. You need to be screening for colorectal cancer. You need to be screening for chronic conditions that arise uh, post-menopause. Um, and also just visiting your doctor to make sure that other aspects of the sexual health are also catered for because you get vaginal dryness, yeah. you get other problems that make it difficult to enjoy life post-menopause. 
Dr. Nolutana, we're going to have to do a part two of this conversation. We certainly, certainly have to. So many more questions, so many more nuances to unpack and, and specific issues to get down into. But thank you so much for your time today. Really, really do appreciate it. That is Dr. Nolutando Nematwerani, who's a medical doctor and the head of the Center for Clinical Excellence at Discovery Health. That brings us to the end of today's show. Back with you tomorrow for the Thursday edition. I'm so excited for it. We're speaking some about something very important in the Africa Unlocked. Does the deterioration of relations between U.S. and China mean anything for Africa and South Africa in particular? You don't want to miss that one. It's time for the book reading.